children well. Take time to make time, make time to be there. We can make it happen. You can tell me what Christmas is all about. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Family Road Trip Podcast. I'll be home for Christmas. Wax on, wax off. Inconceivable. You never know what you're going to get. We're on a mission from God. Please have snow and mistletoe and presents on the tree. You are with Greg and Stephanie Schleter and four completely amazing and wonderful couples that we are delighted to be riding along with as sojourners on this adventure. And it means that we are essentially journeying into the heart of Christ's mass. So like any movie, any music, any song, you know, how boring would it be if it was always just the crescendo? If every day was Christmas, I know we kind of think, wouldn't it be great if every day was like Christmas and all those songs that speak of that? But truthfully, we would lose interest in it. It would have no value. So Christmas and the season leading into it is really a great opportunity for us to hear the words of the prophet and St. John saying, prepare the way of the Lord. You know, create that anticipation in our hearts for the only one who can satisfy the deepest desire of our hearts, which is for God, who dwells with us, who loves us so much he could not be parted from us, that he took on flesh and blood. And I know that sounds maybe like a lot of religious hocus pocus or piety. And even those of us who are religious, have we lost touch with the real presence of God, who fashioned these souls to be his manger, the place for his indwelling spirit. So we're so delighted that you are with us here on the sixth stop of a seven-week journey. What's it all about? Well, we asked these four couples if they would do a heroic thing. It's setting aside once a week for 45 minutes minimally to gather as a family to talk and pray. And they do this using a live it gathering guide, a free guide that they can find and you can find at presentsforchristmas.com, P-R-E-S-E-N-C-E-F-O-R Christmas.com. And it uh, basically is a way to get to know one another, to set aside all the other distractions and to open the door to one another's lives. Come on, people now, smile on your brother, everybody get together, try to so we're in the sixth week. If you go back to the first episode at presentsforchristmas.com, you'll hear them talk about the awkwardness. You'll hear them talk about the fears and concerns of actually leading in their homes and, you know, inviting their family members to allow a level of reverence for this, a level of attunement to one another in their relationships. And, uh, you know, as the weeks progress, you hear truly some amazing things that they've been sharing. Children who've been forgiving voluntarily for the first time. Imagine that. Children looking eyeball to eyeball when another is talking, like really giving attention and maybe not, you know, insisting that they want to say what they want to say. So some generosity that's at the heart of relationships. You know, we've just been hearing some wonderful testimonial stories of these couples sharing uh, as they've opened that door to encounter God more fully alive. Folks, so glad that you are with us along the road trip. Who doesn't like a road trip with people you love to be with, people who have great stories to share in their hearts, who've been impacted, who are honest on the journey. Which of us don't want to be around such as those? I do. I'm blessed by the transparency and the honesty and the sharing of people in my life. And we're glad you're with us to hear those couples tonight. And we encourage you, as you're listening tonight, to maybe... 
ask yourself the question, you know, wouldn't I like this? Wouldn't I like to experience this with people that God has called me to be with? We're on a mission from God. So with no further ado, let's turn to our awesome sojourners on this amazing adventure deeper into the heart of Christ. And just for a little bit of fun, as folks, we're now on the sixth stop of the seventh stop journey. We're, uh, you know, we see Christmas, you know, down the road. We're still wanting to prepare the way in terms of privation of lesser things that we can receive greater things. It's a season of preparation, which means, you know, an appropriate season of fasting. So we want to do a quick lightning round of some simple, fun Christmas-related questions with our hearts fixed on that destination of Christ like alive our, in our us. Like our warm-up. Exactly. Loosen those muscles. So, there we go. So, let's begin with the groat eyes. All right, ladies first. Are you ready? Yes. Okay. Um, if you were Santa, Teresa, what type of cookie would you want to be left out for you on Christmas Eve? Oh, that's such a good question. Um, those cookies that, like, melt away in your mouth. They're, like, white yes. with powdered sugar on them. Yes. So, so good. So good. Yeah. John Mark, what Christmas movie do you or could you watch over and over again? The Muppet Christmas Carol. Yes! Oh, it's Ebenezer Scrooge! Oh. Looking older and more wicked than ever. I knew he wouldn't disappoint us! Oh. <laughs> you just made my night. That is so awesome. Light the lamp, not the rat. Hey, 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 light the lamp, not the rat, light the lamp, not the rat! Oops, Can you imitate any of the characters, John Mark? It is the uh, American way. <laughs> That's so good. Oh, it is the British way. <laughs> Folks, you got to listen to the Muppet Christmas Carol. It is uh, reverent and fun. So good, so good. Thank and you, Road Eyes. Now to the Finleys, Lorna. Your favorite Christmas song? My favorite Christmas song. Oh, man. Well, right now it is Thank God It's Christmas by Freddie Mercury. Thank God it's Christmas. Yes, it's Christmas. Ooh, kind of fun. He lived kind of a wild life. (laughs) And the fact that he had that focus, drawing toward Christ... Conversion stories and evidence of encountering Christ in that secular world are always so powerful for us. I agree with you. Thanks for that. Steve, another favorite question. Favorite character from a Christmas movie or book? Oh, I would have to say uh, Elf from the movie Elf. (laughs) Of course you would. (laughs) Favorite moment? Oh, there's so... Many of them. You get one. Um, I I, ugh, I like syrup. Syrup and coffee? Why didn't I think of that? Can I try some? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I pictured. When he's in the mail room, you know. There you go. Blazix, you guys are up next. Jesse, now yeah. uh, we know that you have the blessing of a little child within you. So pretend uh-huh. that the baby's been born to answer this question. Mm. Would you rather go sledding <laughs> or stay inside and drink hot chocolate by the fire? Sledding. And then drink hot chocolate by the fire. Yes, yes. that's <laughs> my girl. Great answer. That's my girl. She, we should send her free Chick-fil-A for the whole family. <laughs> I think we should. I think we should. Drew, what is your favorite 
ornament on your tree and why? Mm. Man, that's a tough one. Good thing I'm right next to my tree. Yeah. <laughs> you um, can man, I know I don't see it up here right now, but I remember a few years back, I it was Jess got me a Ohio State ornament. Don't really have a great reason other than I like the the Buckeyes. And, there you go. But tell me, were you a little nervous the first half of the game last Saturday? Was, uh, you know, I I was more disappointed in the first half because I didn't want to play Clemson first round. Yeah. So I mean, I, I didn't think I didn't think Wisconsin could keep that up. Right. But um, I mean, a little nervous, but not not, not too bad. I was so excited, I have to say, because my deepest roots are in Wisconsin. I like Ohio State. I like anything Big Ten. But it was kind of nice because they were such an underdog. I digress. We'll yes. switch off of Sports Channel now. Yes. But thank you. The dear Waskoviches, Janine. Are you ready? You get multiple questions because you're so wonderful. So, Christmas tree, real or fake? White or colored lights? Blinking or non-blinking lights? Wow. Okay. Um, well, I grew up having a real Christmas tree and I always had the job of picking up all the needles. Yes. And so I definitely like our fake Christmas tree. <laughs> For good reason. <laughs> and um, I do like the white lights, um, mm. though our outside lights are really cool this year because they could either be white or blinking or, co- you know, colored lights and blinking or both of them. You're so, so really, diverse. Go probably, Griswolds. Griswoldoviches. my neighbors. So. <laughs> awesome. And last but not least, Michael, you have to be honest. Hey. You have to be honest, buddy. Are you ready? Yeah. Have you Shoot. ever peeked at Christmas presents that you knew were for you? Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> With that, what kind of question is that? Yeah, that's a that's a softball for me. So now, uh, should we ask if up. how old you were, or if this was like a you know this year oh, kind of I thing? Oh, I was a kid. Okay. okay. To you know, once you're older and, and uh, wise to uh, to certain to things. Cool. Yeah, uh, but as a kid, uh, I'll never forget. Um, I would go and uh, like peek and find out what I was getting, and I'd go back to bed and you know couldn't sleep. Well, my older brother, um, I remember one time. Uh, he knew I did that. So he got up after me, you know, mm. it's still dark out. No one knows what we're doing. He opens everyone's gifts. Oh, He's like, I, know I know what you got. It, like he didn't try to rewrap it or anything. So he <laughs> kind of really spoiled how I felt like I was cheating and get away, get, got away with it. He just blew through that, all that paper. <laughs> oh, wow. That's an awesome story. Make sure you send this to your brother. That's great. <laughs> I'm sure you still talk about that. One of those memories that you uh, talk about every time you get together. Feels like it happened yesterday. I've seen a lot of stuff in my life, but that was awesome. You never know what you're going to get. God bless us, everyone. Folks, so glad that you are with us here on the sixth stop of the seven-week adventure, deeper into the heart of Christ's Mass. There's magic in the air this evening, magic in the air. The world is at her best, you know, when people love and care. You know, there's magic here. 
There's magic of the faith and grace variety when we just spend time together, make it sacred, don't allow the devices to be divisive, and ask questions that just open up the door. It starts out with a little bit of fun. My wife has a smiley, giggly (laughs) face, so I'm going to stop in the middle of my sentence. Sorry. Share. Sorry. John Mark is thinking the same thing, I'm sure. There's magic in the air. Oh, indeed. Yes. Okay, go ahead. Magic (laughs) in the air. Okay. This is going to be fun to edit. The world has got a smile today. The world has got a glow. There's no such thing as strangers when a stranger says hello. Yeah, so folks, just to be together, to declare sacred space, and to kind of, you know, be attuned to one another's hearts and attuned to one another's minds, that's what the family road trip is all about, to gather together as family and do that. So we invite you to do that. We challenge you to do that this week, to go to Presents for Christmas, download the Live It Gathering Guide, some really good questions there, like you just heard, that kind of help us talk to one another. So we're going to go around two rounds tonight. And the first one is sort of a a meaningful question. And we're going to begin tonight with the growed eyes and we'll go ladies first. So, so Teresa, what is one great story that best illustrates the Holy Spirit alive in and through your spouse? I don't really have a great story because when I first saw this question, it's just, it's been so apparent from the moment that we've gotten married that the sacrament of marriage is real mm. in the way that John Mark has just changed, like just watching him become a man, you know, from, from a college kid <laughs> who married a college kid um, to just really rise up to be the priest of our family. Mm. And, you know, I'm type A and I always am kind of a leader. And so I always just imagined that I would be, in a way, like the spiritual head of the household, Mm -hmm. Um, kind of always telling our families what devotions to do and making us live liturgically and whatever. And it's, it has just been really apparent that the grace has just very peacefully and very beautifully and very naturally ordered our family Mm -hmm. as John Mark becoming the spiritual head of our household. I don't know how to describe it, but every day is really just the working of the Holy Spirit in him. Awesome. Over our family. So I didn't think necessarily you go in that direction, but I want to seize the opportunity in this moment Mm -hmm. and make an audible um, for many women out there who are the spiritual leaders in homes, which is probably most of them. What advice would you give to those beautiful godly women who right now are leading strongly and prominently And maybe, you know, don't think their husbands can or feel like they're bickering at them or whatever. And yet they know and they see goodness in them and they want to kind of usher them into that place. What are some just quick thoughts of encouragement? Well, I can really only speak for myself and my own relationship with my husband. But for me and my particular weaknesses, it was for me to stop acting and to stop talking and to stop pushing. Mm. Um, it didn't mean that I stopped living the sacraments or I stopped doing my own private devotion, but I stopped feeling like, gosh, I wish he would initiate us praying a novena or doing a devotion or doing a procession or having a house blessing or something like that. Like I would contact a priest and get a house blessing or I would do my daily devotions, you know, but I really prayed and just entrusted. I begged Mary. You know, like I'm such a devotional person and this is not my husband's spirituality, 
but I just feel like I, I want our family to go in this direction. And I, I truly throughout the years, it's just come about organically out of his heart. Mm. And now I, I think we have just a very beautiful devotional liturgical life and it's all being led by him. I want to live, I want to kill, I've been a miner for a heart of gold, it's these expressions I never give that keep me searching I have the fault of talking too much. Mm. So I really did have to intentionally offer up not saying anything <laughs> and not pushing. So that, but that's me. That's but, awesome. And folks, if you're just tuning in now, this is the sixth episode of a seven week journey. You will have heard John Mark's very thoughtful, fun, wise piety in the realm of spirituality and leadership as a husband and as a father. You can't mistake it. We've had him on our radio program in numerous capacities. So just to kind of punctuate what Teresa is saying here, we've been blessed by it, and I didn't really know that backstory. So um, praise God for your honesty and your willingness to share that as an encouragement to any couples mm, out there and sure. uh, just prayerfully leaning into it. So thank you. I've been in my mind. It's such a Searching for a heart of gold, and I'm getting old. John Mark. Well, you know, and hopefully we're not getting you off to a bad start here, because <laughs> I don't know. I, I've had a hard time thinking of one particular story too, but mine is sort of the flip side of Teresa's. You know, we we got married, um, you know, kind of shortly after um, our our mature maturer adult conversions as college students. Um, so we were both very intent on, on living a holy Catholic life. You know, we wanted to pursue holiness, but it was, you know, it became very apparent in our conversations and our, and our planning, you know, even leading up to, to marriage, even getting very close to marriage, recognizing that, wow, you know, like you can have a lot of head knowledge, a lot of good intentions, but, you know, looking at myself, like, I don't know how to be a leader of a family and you know many of the examples in the culture and in the people around me of marriages have been very discouraging you know in my experience mm-hmm. um you know my images of of you know the masculine figure in the family many of them have been very disconcerting and discouraging in my life because it's such a mystery i'm a clueless man when it comes So there's that, but then also, you know, for her part, you know, I very, there was a conversation not long before we got married where it it came out and she wasn't putting it out there as a challenge or in the intent to shock or anything, but she she just remarked one day, you know, I want, I want to do what God wants us to do, but I, I, you know, I I have to let you know that I've never had a strong desire to have children. Mm. Not that she wouldn't, not that we that wasn't what we were going to be open to God, but that just that emotionally, temperamentally, that was not something she was drawn to. Um, and it was good to know her heart, but of course, you know, in, in all of my insecurities as a young man looking to a marriage, it was disconcerting at the time. Sure. And the, as we talked through school, as we talked through, you know, parenting, talked through all this stuff, we just realized, man, we, again, you can have all kinds of head knowledge, but we really had, we trusted the Holy Spirit. You know, if we're, you know, 
we trusted that if we lived out the sacrament, we were open to God, and we needed to pray that we that He would take care of those wrinkles. Mm. That's all that we sort of really had there. And I guess again, so the flip side of her story is that for her part, you know, she's gone from one you know reticent to you know maybe you know to to maybe some of those aspects of married life that. Uh, to just you know being so uh, enthusiastic about about motherhood and about the other mothers in the community and our children and making our home um, Chesterton calls uh, property or the home the art of democracy the art of the people mm-hmm. and she's really embraced that and it's not she hasn't embraced it for me she's embraced it because in her heart the Holy Spirit in cooperating with the Holy Spirit in her yes like Mary's yes um, you know God's brought a beautiful beautiful family out of it and made that uh, a passion of hers so i'm so I, honored to witness that and be thank part you. of that Beautiful. thanks so much for that Chama. i love the i mean so many elements that really pertain um to advent the trust the waiting the uh, you know the lord at work even in those little quiet still spaces and just the fruition that is brought about very very moving thank you Lorna, what is one story that best illustrates the Holy Spirit alive in your wonderful husband, Steve? You know, the Holy Spirit works so many ways in our life, and it has really guided us so much along this journey. But one thing that has always been with Steve is he's very gentle and very faithful. Um, It's just the core of who he is. And he takes that into um, everything that he he does. So in his interactions with people and in with children in our family, he, you know, some people fight fire with fire, but it, that's not really how he's made. He's not one to, to lash out at something that's lashing toward him. You know what I mean? He, he typically will be more calm and more um, gentle, I guess, is That's in that great. direction. And and it's just a, a beautiful thing just to, for him to grow in our relationship. I think his nature might, may have, I mean, this is me just observing, but it may have been disconcerting for him at some time, possibly something where he may have felt like he had to change that to be more whatever he was supposed to be. But um, his gentleness and faithfulness was what drew me to him. So fortunately, he didn't change that about himself, but he, you know, really allowed the Holy Spirit to work in him. And he is still, you know, we're all on that journey, but he's, you know, becoming more and more of who Christ wants him to be, really learning about that. And one of the things that's really neat is really through the Lick Guide, I think, doing the lit guides and also like night readings are one thing he really likes to do the evening prayers the night prayers um Mm -hmm. specifically the night prayers he just loves to do those with the children and so that's really been his way to spiritually guide the family and it's just wonderful because of course early on it was me i'm a sort of um whatever let's do this and this is how we're going to do it and we'll get it done and he's more you know gentle and and whatever so he wouldn't be you know, aggressively going after things that might be uncomfortable or out of that comfort zone, you know, where that's, you know, so I would 
like most women apparently <laughs> would be the one that we're just going to do it. And I love how he's embraced that Holy Spirit and all of the things that doing the lake guide and the, the evening, that's really the night prayers. I keep saying evening, but it's the night prayers mm. and those, how they, that kind of came out through the, through just the experience of praying with the kids with the lit guide. Thanks. And so it's a beautiful blessing that we've experienced doing this together. Thanks. Having this over the years. Sorry. Go ahead. No, you're <laughs> no, good. Thank you. It's Thanks beautiful. so much, Lorna. Steve. In trying to think of that one specific great story of Lorna, I, I come to um, uh, a July evening. It was early evening at my parents' house. Um, we were in the backyard. This is probably about 12 years ago, 12, 15 years ago. Kids were still very young. And my dad had been dealing with Parkinson's for probably about 10 or 12 years by that mm. point. And, um, you know, so he was, he was at a point where he needed a walker to get around a little bit, sometimes not. But uh, starting to get a little more frail, a little more um, touch and go when he moved. And um, he got up to go somewhere and took a stumble and fell. And mm. Lorna was like on him, I think, before he really even hit the ground. Mm. Um, and just, yeah. And I mean, just compassionately, gently, lovingly, you know, just consoling him, you know, Hey, it's okay. And, you know, I think he gashed his arm a little bit. And, um, for my dad, I wouldn't call him, I don't know if my dad would be proud or whatnot, but I'm sure it was a very humiliating thing for him. And for, you know, to have Lorna like there on him like that and just, you know, reassuring him and, um, consoling him. That's Lorna. I, I think, yeah, that, exactly. I mean, we heard, uh, Earlier this evening, we heard uh, the Holly's long, cool woman in a black dress. Right. You know, it, and she's always had that awesomeness about her, regardless of what she's wearing. <laughs> and, and so when, when a person like that turns their attention to you, you know what I mean? And um that's great like makes you feel comfortable in a moment right yeah it really means a lot that is and, grace and to the point where my mom called me i think out of the blue a few days later and she said you know steven your father was really impressed by that she he really made go, him Lord. feel better about yes. that moment way you to know? be a and, long and cool woman said, in whatever color dress lorna awesome yeah <laughs> and uh you know, I was thinking about that. I'm like, that's really, you know, kind of like one of those fruits of the Holy Spirit is, is it mm -hmm. just comes out. I mean, there's that's that. Awesome. Thanks so much, Steve. Let's go to the Blazics. Jesse, what is, let's check it out. What is one great story that best illustrates the Holy Spirit alive in and through your spouse, Drew? Well, ever since before I, I married Drew, I knew that he was Catholic in his heart. But we are both, I'm on my third year being um, Catholic and he's on his fourth year. So a lot of, um, you know, the prayers and different, um, just different traditions that I was not raised with and neither was he, but they've always been there for him. Mm. Um, so 
what I see in him and his and our family and with me is that he will try and pray the rosary with our kids as much as he can. Mm-hmm. And he will try and bring in those, um, you know, he tries to take the kids to um, confession or make sure that they're understanding everything that's going on at the mass or um, kind of different things along those lines that while he's trying to teach them and it might just be, you know, the first, the first part of the rosary, then he's at least trying to instill them that we sit down as a family and do that. And that's something that he has been doing for years, but something that I think, you know, still the Holy Spirit is guiding him to do that because it's not something that I grew up doing. So he has his you know, set beautiful prayers that he likes to do. And then I have my more conversational prayers that I like to call them that I do with the kids. So, um, but to, to see him do that and to bring in different artwork in our home and just making our home visually a, you walk in and you know, we're Catholic is Mm. something that I appreciate and something that he isn't afraid to show or isn't afraid to share with others that walk in. Um, in our home or if he's out and about. So that's something that I appreciate and see in Drew. Thank you. Drew, you're up, buddy. I'm up. Uh, I got to follow that. It's going to be tough. Uh, We must agree that no one is perfect in the sense of trying to, as we think like a saint is, but a saint, none of the saints are perfect either. And and what they did, um, they led a life of heroic virtue. And the Catholic Church wants to identify a saint of her uh, virtues because it gives a chance for the faithful to be devoted towards that. Right. And we know that that virtue will lead them or uh, to us to God. It, this is a great example. And I believe that the fruit of that is someone that is their willingness, I, I would say, obedience to God and their willingness to love God above all. And when you see that, it doesn't matter where anybody is. If you just have that willingness to love God, mm. your life will change. And you will see that in each individual person. Yes. Um, in, in other words, those who improve on the virtues, um, knowledge of God each year, and you see that improvement, those are the ones you could tell that truly love God. doesn't matter where you are. But if you improve on those, that, that's where you love God. And um, that's where I see definitely my wife jesse like when you uh i don't mean like you wouldn't know her like nothing like that but you tell every single year she is improving in her love of god love her family um you could you could tell that she's made her uh heavenly horizon not earthly horizon where Mm -hmm. that's what matters most yes and you could you get to see it and then like the vert like patience with the kids um i remember a couple times this past week uh kids were acting crazy or something or we're trying to read and they're just acting i'm getting a little upset inside kind of my little candle got lit (laughs) and she was so patient and i thought to myself man that's pretty that was good and then it makes me to step take a step back like Mm. i need to work on that a little bit better Mm. What a beautiful um, testimony. Absolutely. Drew, that's so, awesome. I got a couple more things. Go. go. You don't mind. No. But just real quick. So you could tell for her love and her family over the, um, just over the years, over time, it just gets stronger and stronger for her family um, and for God. And and you could tell the life um, that we typically, in life, we typically improve on things. 
that matters most. Mm -hmm. And the, the people that, and that's what you truly love. If you're improving on it, some people might become a Christian when they're 20 and they die when they're 80 and they're the same. Mm -hmm. Like there's no improvement. Great point. And what matters most. And if you truly love God, you'll see this change all the time. And that's what I would say is really exciting about uh, spending time with her. Drew, very moved by your testimony and just a great framework, I think, for all of us given by the saints and God to endeavor to take those steps and to help one another do the same. That's just really awesome. Let's go to the Waskoviches, beginning with Janine. Okay, a few years ago, we um, took a test on our charisms and our strengths. And uh, Mike, um, his highest was leadership. And that, that wasn't a surprise. And, you know, I've seen that with him at home, but I, my story is really about in the workplace. He, you know, his counsel, um, the gifts of uh, fortitude and knowledge. Um, he doesn't always make like the popular choice or the group think choice. Um, you know, the easy choice. He, he doesn't do that. He's very smart. And um, a really neat story about, about it is um, when he was leaving after 15 years at a prominent hospital, uh, he came home with some stuff and he came home with this thick, this thick like file that he had copied from, from work. And it was all these emails from all the people that he's hired throughout the years mm -hmm. and that he's counseled. And uh, he got a little emotional. Like there mm -hmm. were a lot that said, you know, thanks for giving me a chance mm -hmm. when I didn't deserve one, you know, mm -hmm. when they felt like they didn't, or thanks for seeing something in me that I didn't see in myself. And I just thought that was really cool for him to see like the fruits of his labor. And mm -hmm. he didn't feel like he really did that. He was really mm -hmm. proud of them. And I thought it was really neat. A lot of times when there was a really good worker, you know, he's really happy, you know, always working with that he would um, want them to even achieve a higher goal and leave, you know, maybe where he, they were working and go somewhere else. But he knew that they they had the strength and they they had the, they just were would be better for their career to move up. Awesome. That's awesome. And of course, as each of you are giving wonderful spousal testimonials, I just encourage any of you who are listening out there, take the risk uh, with your spouse and sit down and share with them what touched them most, what touched you most about them. How do you see the Holy Spirit alive in them? And as you're talking about Mike, of course, I have images of the snowblower. I have images of William Wallace. I have, I have images of the things that each of you guys have said about each other. I'm blessed to see sort of the portrait, the facet of, uh, of the Trinity that each of you guys are. And just, I'm so delighted at the witness of God's love about one another. So last but certainly not least, Mike. So it, it's really my uh, pleasure to really talk about Janine. So she is so strong in her faith and she just has this wonderful relationship with God. She's, she's not intimidated to tackle those things that are tough and always do his will or what his plan is, even when it's uncomfortable or painful. Mm. And she's really, she's growing in that through this process, through this program over the mm. last several weeks. That's awesome. Uh, it's been great. Now I'll tell a, a, a quick little story. When we were in the military, just young newlyweds uh, in our first year of marriage, and we were having our first child. Uh, I was out in the field training and um, had no contact, couldn't do email, mm. couldn't do devices. But we were allowed to leave on Sunday for mass. We had to go right back out. Couldn't go home and have a shower or anything. 
And so uh, I, I came home, picked her up, we're going to mass. And she said, dude, I'm really uncomfortable. We were due, I think, three, four weeks away. Mm-hmm. And she just said, I, like, I don't feel good. I, I really want you. We were out in the middle of nowhere, no family to help. And I said, well, I, I can't, I can't tell the military that, you know, you don't feel good and I'm not going to do their exercise. So right. I, unless you have this baby pretty soon, uh, I need to report back to duty. So we go to mass. I'm in full uniform. We come back from Holy Communion. She's, she's on the kneeler praying a little heart out. Oh. And once you know, we are, are leaving mass and her water breaks in the parking lot. Yes. Wow. <laughs> and she's that's what the we powerful thought. Yes. prayer. So ever since that moment, uh, and she mm. could absolutely testify to this. If I need a prayer, if I'm in a bad situation, I emoji her that little red phone that she has between her and the heavenly father <laughs> hey, a prayer a little too much you, batman but hey go with and it and you throw a little love this way right and, that's and, awesome and, and, you know i'm out of town a lot and she's constantly there for me morning noon and night so mm-hmm. her fortitude her fear of god her relationship with him uh it, it it reminds me stephanie of what you were describing with uh, you had with your father and how what a joy it was to see Greg train on how to make the turkey mm, at Thanksgiving. And right. you were so touched by that. I really feel Janine has this special relationship with the Heavenly Father that mm. I can't achieve. But as a, you know, united to her in our marriage, I certainly will uh, work um, as most as I can. So, wow, that's so, beautiful. so moved by all of you and those who are listening, you're just hearing some authentic, candid stories from these spouses sharing how they see the Holy Spirit alive through their spouse. And we all know there are challenging moments. We all know that it's all about us bowing from our own selfish desires, our own vices, that all these challenges that God gives us in marriage or family, the world are meant to make us holy, meant to forge in us the love of Christ, selfless love for the other. And you're hearing the stories of that happening and uh, just encouraging all of you who are listening. It is the ultimate reason that family exists, to image God and to be an occasion of holiness, of, of encountering God more fully alive and being forged in virtue for eternal life, for intimacy with God. That's what we're all about. And we're encouraging you to seize that moment at least once a week. It should, of course, be a culture. It should be all the time. But Have we lost track of doing this in our homes? Think back. When's the last time you had a meaningful time of talking and praying with your entire family? Well, we're encouraging you to seize this moment, especially in Advent, to put that flag in the sand, set it up, 45 minutes to talk and pray, break past your awkwardness, your anxieties, your fears, your concerns, your doubts. Most of your kids, you know, on average, if the stats are accurate, spend eight, nine hours a day with these devices, which we know can be divisive. Set it all aside. See what happens. Let them know that, you know, hey, this is new to me, guys, too. I've never done this before, but uh, let's just do this because I listen to this radio program and it's doing great things for them. Go to presentsforchristmas.com, download the one-page gathering guide. Even if you just do the fun questions, there are 50 fun questions to go around and ask. And if that moves you and you want to go a little deeper, go to the daily questions. You know, what's a victory, guys, today? Everybody go around and share a victory. What's a challenge from the day? Those are from the daily questions. And if that moves you and you want to keep going, and by the way, this is just what happens. You think you're only going to go 45 minutes and you find this is really awesome. You'll say, well, let's proclaim the gospel for this coming Sunday. And as you proclaim the gospel, simple question, what struck you, challenged you, inspired you? What questions did it raise? That alone, you will find, inspires 
thought, inspires conversation, inspires the the self-gift of one sharing their whole life. And then we always conclude with sort of a challenge. You know, everybody go around, let's kind of identify what's one area you want to grow in. You know, if you're willing to share it, be candid. Maybe it's just a word you want to put on it. Everybody goes around and shares that thought. Well, what's awesome about that is, you know, number one, we're more merciful to one another. Number two, we're praying for one another in that particular area. And thirdly, hopefully if we do that more regularly, we keep improving because we don't want to keep saying the same fault that we're struggling with. So that makes the family a saint-making machine. Our home's an ultimate place to radiate God's love. There's nothing more awesome than doing this. It's like the game thing, right? Some of you are like me. Somebody suggests a game, like, I don't want to play that. But within five minutes... Once you get into it, it's like, this is really cool. I like playing Euchre. I like playing Monopoly, whatever the game is. And I just want to encourage um, the reality that sometimes you can't flow one into the next, into the next because of littles or bedtimes or other commitments right afterwards. But I do encourage you to perhaps even break up those different elements that Greg just spoke of. You know, one time it might just be the fun questions. Another time it might be you know, the, the daily questions, victory challenges, gratitudes, something new. Another time gathered in prayer, it might be before Mass, you know, talking about the readings mm-hmm. and the gospel and praying through those together, even just reading through them once mm-hmm. as a family um, to be familiar with them and to allow the Holy Spirit to take hold in there. So don't be overwhelmed by that, but know that the more you do it, the more natural it becomes as just part of an ordinary routine that the Lord will use in extraordinary ways. That was awesome. We're on a mission from God. God bless us, everyone. We are going to go around one more time. And we're going to ask each of our sojourners to share one distinct story of something that was maybe striking or moving for them as they led their lit gathering this past week. And we're going to begin with the Grodis. We had a guest with us this week who um, was from out of town. And so we included him in our family gathering. And we really enjoyed, um, you know, he was, he was slightly bewildered. He was like, oh, you, you really are going to do a discussion night tonight. <laughs> I thought you were just talking about we'd sit and talk around dessert. No? And so he was a little bewildered at first. Um, but then he really got into st- uh, telling his victory story for the week, and mm. it was funny, and the kids were enjoying it, and it, it we really he he did get to showcase that victory, and we did really enjoy it with him. So it was really we, special. We've been talking politics beforehand, and uh, we let Dominic pick the discussion question for the evening, and he he flipped to the harder question section and asked what law we would change, yeah. and we're like, I I don't kids, I don't even you have an answer for that. And they all did, and we ended up, everybody, that ended up being the, the longest part of the discussion was all That's these great. interesting ideas. I think for, Dominic wanted to bring back chickens in Perrysburg. Ah, yeah. uh, that's great. <laughs> Have they been banned from Perrysburg? Oh, okay. Well, most places. Okay. Well, yes. John Mark, was that your story melded into your wife's, or do you have your own? Yeah, I okay. think so. That was just, uh, and I guess the, just the broad thing I would just say is that um, as, uh, to to Stephanie's point about breaking up the, the lit guide a bit, there's been lots of little stories we can tell. I, I won't, but throughout the week where little pieces of the lit guide are popping up in other places. Mm. And so we, we read the gospel. We've done that before with, with breakfast. So we've been doing that again, but we're doing it with Bishop Barron's um, 
Advent Reflection Guide and we're just asking the question afterwards and having mm. some discussion there, you know, or that's the apologies so. are popping up or other things. So that's just to have the stuff organically popping up other places in the week is very, very moving. Great. Very moving. Thank you. Finley's. Wait, sorry. Back up. My wife's giving me a look like she wanted to add, but Steph, go ahead. So I wanted to uh, jump on the Grodi bandwagon and make a proclamation of your family proclamation. So blessed to have the Grodis at this past week's Presents for Christmas Mm. and um, heard different pockets of stories regarding the witness of your children. And I know, (laughs) no, yes, oh dear, in such a beautiful way. But the one story that I will share was actually from a woman who was sitting nearby you, I guess. And um, I believe it was Lucy, the way that she described Mm. uh, her. And so how old is Lucy, guys? Six. She's six. So a six-year-old, beautiful little girl when the Eucharist um, was brought into the church to be placed upon the burning bush, Lucy apparently had the greatest uncontainable excitement Mm -hmm. and could not hold back the, he's here, he's here, Jesus is here. You didn't want heaven without us. So Jesus, you. The way this woman was describing it, a very dear holy woman in my opinion, she said she just lost it. Just the tears started streaming down her face and she was so moved by the faith of this little young child. And then her prayer just became that. Let me see, you know, let me have that faith. Let me, you know, enter in with such excitement at the truth of Jesus truly being here.
Steph has shared this at least five times in my hearing. Truthfully, folks, those of you who are listening, the blessing and delight of orienting our kids' hearts in the midst of our mess to Jesus Christ and how it radiates beyond and ripples. So thank you so much for that. That was awesome. Finley's. Uh, so Isaiah, the first reading and he will delight in the fear of the Lord. Kind of set the tone. During the the lit group, we were having a lot of issues keeping everybody reined in, mm. right? And and so it became a sense of, okay, we're really struggling with respect, you know, respecting each other, mm-hmm. right? Respecting what we're trying mm. to accomplish, for, mm. you know, what we're talking about. And so what, what came to us was just that sense of the fear of, the Lord, you know, the fear of God, that sense of respect and awe and wonder. It, it was it was interesting. There was it was just getting kind of intense with the kids. They weren't being violent or anything, of course, but it was just like they all were talking. And everybody's interrupting and it's just and it was all like funny like laughing and sharing and good things are being said but i'm like guys we i, I can't hear all of you at once it's, <laughs> it's there's no it's going crazy and so i had to like kind of lay down the law and say okay these are the rules i'm like you need to be able to rein it in and mm. control yourself if someone else is talking and you know it's just a beautiful opportunity mm-hmm. with this like guide to have the opportunity to teach these things because whenever families before we did the lick guide when we had when we get together eating you still have all of that all the kids talking on top of each other in the chaos good and bad mm-hmm. and you know you try to get something like like the uh, the special spoon that if you had the spoon you were allowed to talk mm. you know so this is is giving us that opportunity to learn to respect each other and to share but it's we're using Christ, you know, we're using, we're centered and focused on Christ and sharing him and with his grace involved in that, it, it, it all the more. Hold on for a minute, cause I believe that we can fix this over time. Lorna, there's an epic, epic opportunity, a love that is listening, the love that is attentive to another heart and a home meant to be that place to do it. So I'm hearing you speak of that opportunity that you're having just speaking very honestly and self-effacingly and uh because we, we experience that we've all experienced this before and just the idea like you're saying of hey can we really maybe set aside our own tyrannical impulses of wanting to insist upon what we want to say those words have come out of my mouth many times and really you know have the delight of a listening and attentiveness to another soul so no thank you so much for that witness that was awesome. <laughs> So we did do something, but it was not the traditional lit group, which I think is okay because we will just do it then this week because we're not perfect. So mine is outside of 
our lit group since it wasn't a traditional lit group for us this week. Um, but when we went for presents with presents um, for Christmas, which is the first time that I have been to it, Drew went a few times last year, um, but I have not gone. So we ventured out with all of the kids. Um, and Br- Brayden just had his first reconciliation last month. And so him and Drew went to go to confession since it was available. And then Avery and I did try, but there was a lot happening and we already had kids kind of different places. So we didn't want to kind of wait. So next time we will go first, we decided. Um, so anyway, Brayden asked if, if Avery and I went and I said, um, you know, no, we didn't get a chance to, but we'll go either this weekend or next week. And at this point it was, um, at the part of adoration, um, where Deacon had brought, um, had, had brought the monstrance down so people could go up and kneel or say prayers and, um, different things right in front of it. So Brayden, um, said, well, oh, I, I forgot to do my, I forgot to do my penance. Mm. And I said, well, you, you know, honey, you can do it anytime. So it's not like you're intentionally not doing it, I'm sure, but you can do it anytime. And he looks and he said, mom, will you go up there with me so mm. I can oh. do it right in front of Jesus? And wow. I'm like, yep, absolutely. It's still a little out of my comfort zone. Still, you know, for a third year Catholic, but I said, absolutely, <laughs> let yes. us go together. And, and you know, hearing his words of saying, can I go do my penance in front of Jesus? Very wow. Absolutely, we will go. Um, so I think that, that it's just, um, you know, having that available and something that the kids can can see adoration in a different way. Mm. Um, because when they, they go to adoration with school, but it's the quiet Mm. adoration and this is a different experience for them that i'm glad that they're getting to experience very very awesome. touching just this. leadership and his heart being attuned to uh to that opportunity so drew i feel it like when we do some of those group uh lit group or this pastime sometimes man we got one kid's running around going crazy the other one can't stop chatting we have a baby that's running around making everybody crack up and laugh <laughs> and right. it's hard to get them all focused and then they're all excited about talking I thought it was pretty, well, one thing I think uh, Lit Gathering does it, it instills somewhat discipline. I think consistency is the important thing. Mm. If you're doing it, uh, they start getting disciplined. You can't get too mad when they mess up. Today, uh, Jesse went to a PSO meeting and Avery went with her. So I had the boys with me. So I had uh, Brayden, Christian, and Cole. And I was like, hey, let's, they watched some little cartoon. I was like, hey, let's go do the rosary. And I thought it was, I mean, I think it's just do, doing those gatherings. It builds discipline. And mm-hmm. Braden was pretty excited about doing it. Cole wasn't moving around like crazy this time. Awesome. I think Christian's getting maybe a little sick, but he just laid there and had his little <laughs> rosary in his hand. Aww. And Braden wanted to participate. And what we try to do when we do the rosary, every Hail Mary, we always think of a family member to pray for or someone awesome. that passed away. So awesome. they get really into that. But it just, it was pretty cool today. I think just doing it with the boys and their not, not complaining and they're getting more disciplined about doing it and thinking about people we could pray for. That was Our 18-year-old chose number 31 for the Live It Fun Questions. 
which was something I really like to do when I need peace is, mm. and he said to go to confession mm. that brings them peace. And I wow. thought that was really sweet. And, you know, it was a yeah. good example for all the younger ones to hear. And right. then just reading the readings in the gospel, and it's all about harmony and the gospel with John the Baptist saying, you know, repent. Mm. And, you know, that does bring peace. So it was a really good way to start this family lit. Awesome. Mike? I, we've been trying to connect the, the Old Testament and the New throughout this process. And I think talking about the, the sprout of Jesse and what that means and how that culminates in Christ. And here you get this weird prophet with, you know, <clears throat> locusts and honey and right. out in this probably dirty river baptizing all these folks. And like, just kind of talking about like, this is God's plan and it's playing out today. And I think it was my 16-year-old daughter who said, like, it's almost like the script is written and we're all actors, but we have the free will to choose or not choose our role. And I was uh -huh. like, yeah, yeah. Uh, I can't say it better than that. Right. And um, Neat so they, yeah, yeah, they continue to grow. We were understanding and more prepared for, for the mass and specifically the homily. And uh, it's just been... Um, just week after week, we're just kind of stacking wins, and, awesome. and it feels great. I Praise love God. that description. That was awesome. <laughs> Folks, so blessed to have you all along the road to the Family Road Trip Podcast. This is the sixth stop of seven weeks. And of course, we hope that what we're doing together here is cultivating a kind of mindset, a kind of culture of what our homes are designed to be occasions of ever-deepening encounter of God alive in our relationships. That as you've heard tonight even, that it's kind of flowing into a way of thinking and acting beyond just that put the flag in the sand kind of moment. That it can be when you're driving, going somewhere for breakfast or dinner, just time together to be attuned to one another and to ask questions that might you know, open the door to really connect with God alive in another. And to be an occasion of support and encouragement. So we're so blessed that you're all along the road with us. We are in our final stop next week, which, of course, puts us right on the eve, the veritable eve of Christ's Mass. And can there be truly a greater gift under the Christmas tree than opening up our hearts more fully to God alive, that permanent gift of Him more fully alive in our hearts, in our minds, in our souls, personally, in our marriages, and in our families? Because God desires that. He desires it for more than just a moment. He desires it to be a way of life. And we want to journey with you in that great invitation of his and that way of life of encountering him. So until next week, thank you so much for being with us. God bless us, everyone. I'll be home for Christmas If only in my dreams